everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. Thank you, Nathan. Nathan always does all I will. Uh, I exalt, we exalt thee, I exalt thee for me personally, so I always appreciate that. Um, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm glad to be here with you this morning. I'm not going to lie to you. Eric is sick this morning, so I got a text halfway through first service. He was like, hey, can you teach this morning? And I was like, I guess I can. So I apologize to you all uh, if my, uh, what I have to say might feel a little disjointed this morning, uh, but I promise, uh, uh, I promise I'm going to give it my best effort. So I have been preparing lessons in the past, and a topic that's been very, very uh, heavy on my heart is the topic of doubt. And when believing in Jesus as Savior, believing in the Bible is difficult, okay? And um, th- that's a very personal topic towards me because I experienced that in a very, very legitimate way some, uh, some time ago. And it was probably the most brutal time of my life. And so I feel a very, very strong connection towards high schoolers in this particular area because I grew up in church, it is familiar to me, and there is an inherent danger in that, I think, is the familiarity that those of you who have grown up in church, who have known who Jesus is, at least according to your intellect, basically your entire life. And so, um, me being in that comfortable situation, I had never really considered some questions about Jesus, about the Bible, and when I did, I had a little bit of a falling apart. Um, and so that topic is very, uh, very heavy on my heart towards you guys. It's also heavy on my heart towards you guys because, shoot, Nathan can attest, he and I both grew up in the, in the senior high ministry here back when Bruce was a senior pastor. I cannot tell you how many people that we were with in class who are gone. They are no longer walking with the Lord. They, are, they have denied Jesus. They have accepted their own views of the world, of um, of, uh, they have denied the Gospels as being true. They have uh, uh, ad- adopted their own sexual ethic, and they have decided that they are no longer going to follow Jesus despite having grown up in church. So this topic for me is extremely important uh, for you guys to listen to because, again, with a very heavy heart, um, I look back on my senior high years and I think about all the friends that I had that are no longer walking with Jesus, and it very much, it weighs on my heart heavily. Um, so this morning, as you can tell, my intent is to um, encourage you. I know that doesn't sound like that uh, at the forefront. Uh, it is a very serious and weighty topic, uh, but the first time teaching here, I intend to come out swinging. So, uh, Anyway, so, 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 so that is why I'm teaching on this this morning, uh, and my intent, again, is to encourage you, and I will get there. Um, uh, so I went through some of the reasons uh, that this topic, is, I think, is important for you. I need you to understand that the world disciples you. When you are on Instagram, when you are on TikTok, when you are on YouTube, when you read books, everything that you consume is discipling you, and it's shaping your worldview. 
right? So when I'm watching television and I'm watching TikTok, when I'm on Instagram, the message that is constantly, uh, what's the right word? That is a constant barrage on me in my soul is worldliness. That is a part of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ and follow Jesus in this world is that it is a constant attack on you, on your faith. So as a quick little rabbit trail, I want to encourage you to be careful. What you watch, what you read, what's on YouTube, what's on Instagram, it is shaping you. Be careful, okay? Um, and as you age, those influences are going to get stronger and stronger. You are all about to head for college, okay? As someone who is on the other side of college, I, I do not know other than, I do not know how other than by the very grace and the hand of God that I was able to escape what college had prepared for me. For those of you who are going to go off to college, even if you're local, it does not matter. I think you're at a greater risk if you go away, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that the temptations, you have access to anything and anyone that you want. So I want to um, issue that strong warning as someone who went through that, that for those of you who claim the name of Christ and who follow him and are headed off to a university setting, it, it will be difficult and it will come with its challenges. But like I, get, like I said, again, I am here to encourage you and my plan is to open up God's word uh, and show you uh, some things that I think are encouraging to you. Um, bef and, and one more thing, but before we open up God's word uh, and I sort of dive into the meat of my lesson, I need to make it very clear that to, to doubt Jesus, to question the Bible, is not a good thing. It is not a good thing. My I, I, I want to encourage you today by showing you that it happens, that people go through it, that it might happen to you, but to be in a constant position of questioning is not an inherently good thing, right? When I'm questioning Jesus and his word and the Bible, what I am doing is placing myself on a superior level than God where I know better than God and I am the judge of all of this. Right? That's inherently what we're doing. You could sort of rephrase it as idolatry when we're evaluating what God has said in his word. Um, there's, and I don't want to deny that there's a, there's a healthy uh, place for that, right? If, like I said, if you're growing up in church and you have questions, seek answers to those questions, right? But if you are being led astray by the world, that inha in, uh, inherently in and of itself, is not a good thing. It's also a natural thing for sinners to do that, right? And again, I'll, sh I'll, I'll show us some points, some, some parts of Scripture um, that are going to demonstrate that. Our goal as fallen people, if we are having times of doubt, is to deal with it so that we do not doubt anymore, right? So we can do that by answering, by getting questions answered, and ultimately by reading God's Word. Um, right now in the quote-unquote religious world, doubting and questioning the Bible is very, very trendy. Uh, you might have seen, well, let's not, let's not give you an avenue. 
there have been significant figures in the Christian world that have fallen away and have denied Jesus because they're adopting an ideology that's called deconstructionism. We put a, a nice, pretty term on it uh, to, make it, to make it palatable. Uh, but it's a, it's a fancy term for doubting and questioning and allowing things that we can, things that people can point to as perhaps being wrong, wrongly point to, perhaps being as flaws in the Bible, in our Christian faith. Um, th- th- that's, sort of a, that's sort of the fancy term for that is deconstruction right now. But these people have um, constantly pursue questions and not answers, right? So they make room for the world. They see, they see an escape route out of the Christian faith, and so they constantly question. Eventually, they give up on Jesus and stop believing the Bible. That is not what we are to do. We are to pursue answers um, for what God has revealed in us. There are a couple people recently that were, that were quite, uh, um, really rattled the Christian world. Uh, there was a famous pastor by the name of Joshua Harris, uh, who is no longer walking with the world. He was extremely influential, especially sort of late in my era, um, uh, uh, um, in, in sort of like, in, in, in church culture in my era, he was big on dating and things like that, and the world completely adopted everything. That The church completely adopted a lot of what he had to say, and uh, he decided that he would uh, surrender his Christian ethic, walk away from the faith, he and his wife got a divorce, and, and, and ultimately, um, I think if you examine his public testimony and how he's oriented himself, the, the ultimate reason that he gave up is because he decided that he was going to be pro-LGBTQ. Um, um, and again, as believers, we are to hold to a sexual ethic in a loving way, right? But his, his posture was different. The idea that he carried with him was, I'm going to surrender my Christian faith and sort of adopt that this is, an, this is an, a, a non-moral issue. And uh, this, so that's, that's, guard yourselves. It happens. Um, one of the things that, that Butch talked about this morning, who was in first service? Was anyone in first service? Okay, first service was fantastic. We sang a song in, in first service, He Will Hold Me Fast. If you follow Jesus Christ, there was a consistent and clear biblical teaching that if you follow Jesus, the Lord will keep you and preserve you, and you do not need to fear falling away. You do not need to fear having your faith um, deconstructed because God will keep you and preserve you. That is awesome. That is biblical. That is absolutely true. I am a witness to that. Right? I'm standing in front of you today on the other side of a season of my life where I'm going, boy, I don't know about this. I am a witness to he, I am a witness of he will hold me fast because he has most certainly done that. And coming out on the other side of that, I can honestly say that I have confidence that no matter how old I am, the Lord will keep me and preserve me. Having said that, the Bible does present falling away as a serious and legitimate threat. The Apostle Paul uses uh, verbology like blank if we do not give up, right? Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Um, Jesus himself talked about 
abiding in me in branches. Um, he talked about um, sort, of, sort, sort of this idea that, 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 that there is, is, is it, that for those who say that they abide in Jesus and do not, that there is a threat that is present there. Um, and I think God does that to preserve our salvation. I think sort of a theological explanation for that is that God will keep us and preserve us. And on the back end, he, in some sense, to use a strong word, I think he threatens us a little bit, right? There's sort of like this idea in Scripture that's carried with it with, is that you, part of your enduring with Jesus, if you are genuinely following Christ, if you have been transformed by the Spirit of God, part of the understanding there is that he is doing that by, through, I will keep you and preserve you, but you must hold fast. That's something, that's a theological, biblical quandary that we don't quite understand, but we know it's true, and so I have to teach it this morning. Let's open our Bibles. Um, I want to go to Matthew 28, 16 through 18, okay? So the context for this is this is the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, this is at the end of Jesus' ministry. This is after Jesus was resurrected. And to me, this is one of the most fascinating and overlooked passages in all of the Bible. And again, I'm using this passage, the Bible is using this passage to illustrate that questioning Jesus and questioning faith is something that does happen that is part of our fallen nature, that is a part of our flesh. And so if you find yourself 5, 10, 15, 20, fill in the blank till you're 90 years old going, boy, I'm really having a difficult time with this right now. That the encouragement is there for you. And I'll show it in this passage. I will start in verse 16, okay? Um, again, the context, Jesus is resurrected, um, some of the disciples had seen Jesus at this point. I'll start in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he, he, he ends his teaching there with the with a, to go and therefore make disciples commandment. So what I'm trying to show to you this morning in this passage is that the 11 disciples are on, the, and by the way it's 11 because remember Judas is, Judas is no, longer, um, no longer a disciple at this point. The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. So Jesus has already seen them. He's already talked to them. They all saw him crucified. Dead, right? We're told in, we're told in John that this disciple, I forget how it's worded exactly, but the disciple can give testimony that these are true. Jesus was pierced in the side. They took his body off the cross. He is dead. All the, disci all the disciples know Jesus is 100% dead. 
dead. There's no question about it. They're hiding in upper rooms. They're afraid. No question there, right? We're not doubting Jesus is dead. There wasn't one disciple who was like, eh, maybe not, right? That's not in the Bible, at least as far as we know. That's not in Scripture. But we see here Jesus had already appeared to them. He gave them instructions to go to this mountain. And what does it say in verse 17? And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. That verse is absolutely incredible to me. Like, you and I are sitting here. We have never seen Jesus. We didn't see Jesus crucified. We didn't see Jesus resurrected. They're standing in front of Jesus, right? Pierced to the side. Scars in the hands because he was crucified. And they're going, I don't know about this. I, I, I cannot wrap my head around it. I'm, I'm standing here as a follower of Jesus Christ, right? If I could just get like a half a second glimpse, I'd be good, right? I don't ever have to worry about anything ever again. I can walk by sight, not by faith. I've seen the risen Christ, right? And these people who had as much as they could possibly want. They followed Jesus, his entire ministry. They saw the miracles. They saw the healings. They heard him teach. They saw him die. They saw him resurrected, and they are doubting. Are you kidding me? That's insane. Like, I cannot even fathom it. So, again, the, the reason I'm pointing this out in your Bibles is because this verse exists in your Bible and so, if you ever in, your, in a time in your life are having difficulty with the Bible, with God's word, and with Jesus, I want you to find this verse as an encouragement because it happens, right? And if you read the rest of the text, Jesus doesn't, say, doesn't, Jesus doesn't seem to condemn them for it, right? He gives them a, a command. We're told later that he ascends into heaven. He, it does not appear that Jesus is condemning them for how they're feeling because, make no mistake, he knows what's going on in their hearts. So there's one example. Let's go to Mark 9 now. Mark chapter So I'm going to read the whole passage because we have the time for it. Verse 14, Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and the scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the Spirit saw him, Immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. 
and it has often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that, a crowd, saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. I'll stop there. Again, Incredible story, amazing miracle of, of Christ, right? Big picture, there's a man, has a son, possessed by a demon, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, if you can do anything, which by the way, quick interjection, I feel like that all the time, right? As followers of Christ, it is so, so difficult to have faith that Jesus can in fact do anything. You and I are constantly warring with our flesh because we keep wanting to think I have got this handled. Coming back to the passage. It says, it says if, um, I'm sorry. It says, if you can do anything, the man says to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus is like, if I can. You bet I can, right? All things are possible to the one who believes. And this man who clearly has an issue with belief, right? He's there, but he's having problems trusting in Jesus that he can. If you can do something. He's like, yes, I absolutely can do something. So again, for those of you who might be in a position one day where it's finding yourself hard to believe like I was, I'm resonating with this man a lot, right? And his struggle with belief. Jesus says to him, all things are possible for the one who believes. What's the man say? Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. That is an all-time prayer, right? If I could put that on the list of prayers in the Bible, that's like top five. I love it. It's short, it's simple. He is pleading with Jesus. I am struggling here, believing, please help me. Right, I'm there, but I'm not. I believe, help my unbelief. What's Jesus do? What's Jesus do? He heals the young boy. He commands a mutant deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Jesus had mercy on the boy by healing him, and Jesus had mercy on the boy's father by answering his prayer, I believe, help my unbelief. So again, portion of the Bible number two that I want to be encouraging for you if you ever find yourself in a similar situation where you're struggling with belief or you're, you're doubting. Um, 
I am running short on time, but I will say this. Uh, there's a, there is another um, portion of Scripture, Doubting Thomas. I won't go through the passage because of time, but we have another instance where Jesus appears to his disciples. Thomas, a disciple, is there, and he, is, he says, I will not believe until I see him, until I put the, my finger in his side. In that passage, Jesus com- combats his unbelief by showing up. He shows up to help Thomas, and he does show him his side. He does show him his hands. The, and that is an unbelievable act of mercy on Christ um, to do that for Thomas. Jesus did not say, you don't have faith in me. Done with you. I'm not going to appear. You've been with me my entire ministry. You're done. Not faith. If you don't have the faith at this point, sorry, you can't cut it. No, he appears to Thomas and encourages him. And he says, some of the best words in the Bible, I'm paraphrasing, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Which, for all of us in this room who follow Jesus, that's me. That's you, right? What an encouraging thing to hear from the Lord Jesus. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So there are a couple examples from Scripture. I want you to be encouraged. I really do. There are more. Um, I could go on for quite some time. The Old Testament is racked with them. And God is merciful to those people who are struggling with their faith, with their belief in God. Um, but in conclusion, um, I just want to encourage you again, for you high schoolers who are, shoot, even, even now in high school, you're constantly enduring challenges to your faith, and that'll only increase the more as you enter college, and the influences in college are going to be um, extra strong. I want to encourage you by running to the scriptures, running to people who are strong in faith. Uh, You have leaders here. You have pastors here. If you have questions, there are, God saves some really smart people. I have a litany of books in my home that answer a lot of questions about the Bible, things that don't really seem to make sense, right? Um, There are things about the Bible that don't make sense to us at first glance, but there are scholars who have spent years and years and years of their life pouring into academia, into textual analysis, into study, uh, and understanding and answering some of those questions. So if you have those kinds of questions, there are, well, there's, there's bad books, but there are good books out there that answer those questions. Um, the leaders here can help you with that. I can help you with that. I'd be glad to talk to you um, about some things. There are, there's history in the Bible I'm getting way off topic. The point I'm trying to make is there are answers to your questions. Seek to get them answered. Um, Yeah. Seek to get them answered. Pray to the Lord if you are struggling. I believe, help my unbelief and anticipate spiritual warfare. Anticipate a time in your life where it's going to be hard to cling to Jesus. Trials, tribulations, 
uh, the passing of friends or family. Um, seasons of your life that are going to be really, really hard to cling to the Lord. I would encourage you to mimic the prayer of the man, the man whose son was healed by Jesus. I believe, help my unbelief. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your word. Um, we're thankful for the encouragement that it provides. We are so thankful that you have not left us to our, devi- to our own devices, that you have provided us with your word, which provides encouragement uh, for those of us in need of a strengthening of our faith. We're thankful that Jesus was gracious and kind to those who were struggling to believe. Um, I thank you for these high schoolers and their willingness to sit here and listen to me teach impromptu. I pray that you would bless them as they go into the world, as they consume entertainment, which is godless and is constantly calling them away from you. I pray that they would be on guard, that they would be vigilant, and that they would look to you for faith and trust as the world pressures them away from Jesus. I ask all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you all. You are dismissed. Good morning and citizens.